Welcome to HMH Learning Moments, a production of Houghton Mifflin Harcourt. I'm Annalie Smith, I work at HMH, and today we have a bonus mini episode for you about facilitating difficult classroom discussions, particularly considering questions that may arise about the impeachment inquiry currently in the news. We're joined again by Dr. David Docterman, an education lecturer at Harvard and host of our Shaping the Future series. Last time, Doc spoke with Dr. Emma Humphreys at iCivics and Sylvia Acevedo, CEO of the Girl Scouts, about how educators can remain nonpartisan while empowering their students to be civically engaged and to become their own political actors. In a follow-up to that conversation, Dr. Humphreys is back today to talk to Geraldine Stevens, HMH's Senior Director of Social Studies, Science, and World Languages, about social studies best practices and leveraging teachable moments when they arise. Then, Doc chats with the high school social science teacher, Jason Chang, about how the impeachment conversation went with his junior and senior students. Now, I'll turn it over to Doc. The classroom is one of the few places left in America that brings together people regardless of their views and beliefs. As a former social studies teacher, I think we have an obligation to leverage current and controversial issues to teach students about how our democratic system works and how to talk with each other, even when we disagree. Back in the day, I actually taught a course called Contemporary Issues, Race, the Iranian Hostage Crisis, Abortion. Those conversations were difficult, but in today's political climate, where inflammatory language is the norm and social media quickly fans emotional flames, having political discourse anywhere is incredibly challenging. And now, impeachment. How does that conversation play out in class? Dr. Emma Humphreys is the chief education officer at iCivics, a nonprofit and nonpartisan organization founded by retired Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor to promote civics education. Dr. Humphreys sees these times as an opportunity, a teachable moment if there ever was one. She talked with Geraldine Stevens about strategies on how to approach this conversation in class. Do you think impeachment is important to study in a K-12 classroom, especially given what's currently happening in our nation's capital? You know, teaching controversial issues, and let's uh, let's just go ahead and call this what it is right out of the gate, right? Impeachment is a controversial issue, particularly when it's activated. It doesn't arise out of good behavior. It doesn't arise out of everyone getting along or sort of a lack of politics. On the contrary, it arises when things sort of go awry. And for that reason, I think it's so important that students have the opportunity to discuss impeachment. Teaching controversial issues and offering students opportunities to discuss controversy in the classroom is absolutely considered a best practice in social studies education. The best thing that can happen is when something that you should be teaching anyways becomes a nationwide teachable moment, and that's sort of the case here. So if you're a government teacher, even an American history teacher, or just a sort of general social studies teacher, there's a good chance you're going to cover impeachment at some point just as a textbook concept for understanding American democracy. But when it's in the headlines, you know, you've, you've really got to strike, take advantage of that nationwide teachable moment, and also uh, answer your kids' questions. They're just seeing this all around them, and so they deserve opportunities to, to process that in a safe and structured environment that the classroom can provide. What are some of the major challenges of teaching impeachment to students in K-12 schools, and how could they be addressed? 
That's a great question. So I think one of the challenges is that it's an unfolding story, right? We don't have all the information yet. More information will be uncovered. And some information that we think we have might later be proven to be incorrect. I think you have to just be careful. You have to provide that disclaimer to students that you know what you know, uh, you may not know what you don't know, and that what you think you know could change, and that we all need to keep an open mind. Another problem with this topic is that there's a lot of emotion attached to it. Politics has become a very sort of, especially partisan politics, has become very sort of tribal in America. Folks are really sort of team-oriented, and they... They see that in others, right? They see that there's that the, the two parties are split and they're going to disagree on everything. They don't necessarily see that behavior in themselves, and they may not recognize they're, they're acting with emotion or speaking with emotion. And that's true for, for teachers and students alike. And so helping them to step back and say, what do we know? What do we maybe not know yet? And really focus on, on the process, I think, is always a safe bet to focus on the process. And uh, if you're teaching older grades with higher uh, reading levels, you can dive right into the Federalists. What did Alexander Hamilton say in Federalist 65 about the impeachment process? Let's start there. Um, let's walk through what happened with President Johnson, with President Nixon, with President Clinton. What similarities do we see? How are these circumstances different? And, uh, you know, ask, ask a lot of questions. And when students provide answers, really push them to uh, provide evidence. Well, how can a teacher respond to a student who makes politically charged statements about impeachment? I think it is okay to allow students to be political actors. We are all political actors, even teachers. Teachers usually go out of their way to hide that a bit or to at least come, you know, play the devil's advocate, provide both sides. But we're, we're all political actors. I don't think we have to discourage students making political statements as long as they're not offensive. You know, first and foremost, you have to provide a safe learning environment for all your students. So if a student's saying something that is deeply offensive, hurtful to another student in the classroom, you really can't allow that. And you have to have ground rules in place uh, to sort of prevent that from happening. But for a student to say, you know, I support the president and I don't think it's illegal what he did or I don't think he did what he's accused of, students should be allowed to say that. But I don't, I don't think you have to shun or hush political talk. By this point in the school year, a teacher should have established a classroom culture and sort of a set of ground rules that the students know to follow so that when they're discussing controversial issues, whether it's gun control, climate change, or impeachment, they know not to name call. They know uh, to be sure to use sensitive language, and they know to use I statements when they're speaking from emotion and speaking from opinion, and they know how to point to evidence. It sounds as if having a controversial and difficult conversation such as impeachment really, though, might lead to better skills of open communication, respectful points of view, how to look at things and discuss things from both sides. I'm thinking that even a topic like impeachment could really lead to greater social studies and, and literacy skills and conversational skills. That's absolutely right. And all those benefits that you just listed, those are all things that Americans agree we need more of, right? So we live in highly polarized, uh, divisive times. But there's some general consensus that we need more stability. We need people to know how to talk to each other. And if you make clear that that's one of your goals for your lesson plans or for your classroom discussions, that's not controversial. 
that is something that we have so much agreement about. Uh, so that, you know, I think that's a really great way to frame it. We might disagree over this impeachment inquiry. We might disagree over guilt or fault or whether this should even be happening. But we all sort of agree that it's important to be talking about and that we should be talking about it in a civil manner. So there we have some useful guidance. But what happens in an actual classroom discussion? Jason Chang is a social studies history teacher, and he seems to embrace the spirit of Dr. Humphrey's approach. Can you tell us a little bit about the community, the, the context uh, where, where you live, where your classroom lives, and what it's like there? I teach out in San Jose, California, in terms of racial demographics. My school, it's maybe like 25% white, 25% Asian, 30% Hispanic, 10% black, and then the, and then other out of there. So when I'm looking really in terms of the classroom population, it's pretty diverse. How about politically? I would say that the students think they identify as liberal, but they're not even <laughs> sure what it means. That is not to say that we don't have conservatives, um, especially those coming from you know, conservative backgrounds. And, and I would argue that those who do come from conservative backgrounds are more aware uh, of where they stand, uh, whereas with the majority of students, they're not entirely sure where they stand, whether they're actually moderates, liberals, far left, or, or, or any of that sort. It's a great reminder that these students are still forming their identities. And for those who are kind of in the milieu, they, it may not be clear. And uh, for those who are, in a sense, more marginalized in the broader community politically, I think that's your point, that those people may have a little more clarity or at least think they have more clarity about their political stands than others do. What were you planning to do to address the issue of impeachment? Actually, a lot of these topics just naturally form. Students see things on social media, Twitter, Snapchat, and stuff like that. And then they bring it up. Uh, and then for me, it's it's a teaching moment. And I'm, I'm really focusing more on the civics aspect to it because all of my seniors, they're, they're all going to be voters in, in 2020. So what happened in this conversation? Were there times where you had to kind of calm people down? Did emotions potentially get out of control? Or was this just hey, you know what? We're having a, another conversation about what's going on in the world. You know, first thing, you know, I go in the morning and say, oh, did you hear about the news? Right. I'm like, yeah, I did. So actually I went in with nothing planned. So it was a very organic conversation that started with the class that I actually moved away from what I had originally planned for the day. In terms of disagreement, there was not much disagreement when it came to it, but then I had to play the role of on the disagreeing side. There might be right now some students who are not as comfortable sharing with their views that I have to play to that side to make sure that those students feel safe in the classroom, that they're not being judged by what their own views are. So, Jason, when, when you take that opposing viewpoint, do you try and model a way to represent that viewpoint that is sort of emotion suppressed and argument high? Oh, yeah, totally. You know, we look more at the policy. I always have to remind students that people's views on, on these topics is because, again, their own background. It is, it is not the person that we're attacking, right? It's like, it's the ideas that they come in. And, and the thing is, is like, you can, you can talk about it. And I have, I have colleagues that would go like, okay, I'm not, I'm not touching that topic. Like I'm, I'm not touching it because that's, 
that's going to go nowhere. But the classroom is a space that you can have these kinds of discussions. Look, if, if there is a right way to teach civics, then why do we have left-right politics? You come with your own funds of knowledge in the classroom, your own background and all of that. It's, that forms your views. And, and I always like always remind the students, like, hey, honestly, I don't really care uh, where you lean politically on the spectrum. For me, what I care about is that you, when you turn 18 or even right now, you go out there and be civically engaged, you know, form, you know, form the community and society that you want, you know, vote the way that you want to vote, be an informed voter, be an informed participant. And, and that's the same thing that I tell parents on back to school night. I tell the parents that and, and, you know, I do have the parents support when I bring that up. Talking to Jason brought back great memories since I stood in his shoes a long time ago. But it's much harder for him today than I think it was for me. The divisions are so stark and emotions are so high. But I like what he said is that you first have to establish a safe place. You really can't have this discussion in a civil way until you've established that environment. And so you really have to create a place, set the rules for how to engage, for how to respect each other, to not talk about the people but talk about the issues and the process before any of these kind of conversations can happen. You, you just can't leap into it. And uh, that takes time. Both Dr. Humphreys and Jason Chang emphasize the need to establish a classroom culture that feels safe for all students. Students must respect each other, monitor the tone and content of their language, and learn how to listen. And the teacher... The teacher needs to enroll the community in the shared goals of learning how the process works and how to engage in civil discourse. In the academic community, we talk about belonging and psychological safety. A safe classroom doesn't just open the door to challenging conversations. It feeds all learning. Like it or not, students bring the world with them into the classroom. I hope we've helped you understand how to turn today's events into useful learning. Thanks for listening and learning with us. Stay tuned for future episodes of HMH Learning Moments, including the next episode of Shaping the Future, which will cover media literacy in the era of quote-unquote fake news. Doc will be joined by Katie Byron, a third-generation journalist who now works as an editor and program manager for MediaWise at Pointer, and Eric Palmer, an author, former teacher, and consultant for HMH's Into Reading and Into Literature programs. You can be the first to hear new episodes of HMH Learning Moments by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's show and will please rate and review and share with your network. You can join our community and read more on our Shaped blog by visiting hmhco.com shaped. You can find the link in the show notes. And on the blog, you'll also find a transcript of this episode with research, key takeaways, and more. HMH Learning Moments is produced by Houghton Mifflin Harcourt, The Learning Company. Thanks again for listening.